From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion Disneyland Edition for the week of October 25, 2012. I'm your host, Tom Bell, and I'm joined by our Disneyland team, Nancy Johnson, Wayne Toygo, Mary Jo Mulatto-Willie, and Tony Spatel. In this segment, Nancy is going to tell us how to break into show business. Kind of. Sort of. Not quite. <laughs> but we can talk about that later if you want. Okay, cool. Actually, I was sitting down thinking, you know, as, as Mary Jo said in her... Um, in our housekeeping and roundtable show this week, that and if you haven't listened, why are you listening out of order? Sorry, go ahead. Because <laughs> they come that way in yeah. iTunes. Yeah, too. Yeah, they come in order. At least for me, it they depends do. on how you download them. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's old discussion. Anyway, so you know, Mary Jo mentioned that with the limitation on. Um, the number of days you can have for Park Hopper now, people looking for things to do around Los Angeles. One of the things that we hear a lot is because people can't actually tour the Walt Disney Studios unless you're with like D23 or you're, you know, you come in for a special event, Adventures by Disney, things like that. Some people say, well, you know, I'd really like to actually see a real working motion picture studio. Where do I go? Because obviously Disney's not going to let me see what I'm the most interested in. And the good news is there are actually a few places to go, not including Universal, because I don't really count Universal's studio tour as being a real studio tour. It's very commercial. It's more, and real, while, more real than the Florida one, though. Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, even when Universal opened in Florida, their studio tour was basically a Nickelodeon tour. It wasn't a tour of the whole place, and they don't really have a working studio. I agree with Nancy. It's 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 a commercial. It's like a pretend movie studio. It's cheesy. It's it's a ride. It it used to be a lot. It used to be a lot more realist, like a lot more real, but not. Well, it's not that it's not real. It's just the tour. The tour ride. While it talks about special effects and while it shows you some types of special effects in the little rides that you go on, like Earthquake and things like that. Do they still have Battlestar Galactica? They should. That was they should bring cool. back. The Cylons. Okay. Oh, Lord mercy. You know, the Ghostbusters show, that was the one that rocked. Who? <laughs> and the Hitchcock show. They had that one down in Florida, I know that much. But I digress. No, we digressed. But but you you do often digress. I, you do often digress. <laughs> anyway, being that I've spent a fairly good time hanging around studios um, since my husband works in television, I thought. But has you no know, financial relationship to the. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Certainly not to the Walt Disney theme parks. Um, My husband used to work for Warner Brothers. And when he worked for that particular network, he was on their smaller lot. Um, They affectionately referred to it as the the ranch. And before, you know, before 2001 and uh, the 9-11, anybody could, any spouse, whoever, you just come in, you say, hi, I'm the spouse of blah, 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 you could go on the lot. And you just show your driver's license, you could go on the lot. Now, it's not that easy to get on a motion picture lot. Now, sometimes they hold special events. Like, for instance, last month I went to a big thing at Paramount. Paramount was having a food and basically a Los Angeles food and wine um, event. And I went and was able to go take a, a pretty extensive hike around the the Paramount lot. I think we spent like three or four hours there and got a real a real glimpse into some of their history and and things like that. And I thought, you know, 
Paramount offers a studio tour. One of these years I should actually pay for it and go take it. Which then led me to thinking about all the times I took the Warner Brothers tour because it was free for spouses at one point. Um, and, you know, then I thought about, well, gosh, who else offers one? And, and Sony actually offers one, but they're kind of a little farther away from the action where Paramount is right in Hollywood. Warner Brothers is smack in the middle of Burbank, so easy to get to from the five. Sony is down in Culver City, a little closer to LAX Airport, and kind of a little awkward to get to, but not bad. It's off Washington Boulevard, so if you were going to Venice Beach for the day, you could kick up Washington and, and go to go to Sony. And I thought about it, and the biggest thing that makes these working studios so much different is that you really get a good glimpse of what goes on. You know, like when we were cutting through Paramount, you know, we would pass sound stages, we'd pass the the large um, star star mobiles or star wagon. I'm sorry, they're star wagons, which are the the trailers. You know, you always hear the "I'm going to my trailer" from the you know stereotypical distraught actress. You pass just tons of these trailers, and Anybody know where the name Star Wagons came from? Actually, never hmm. heard the term. Don't don't know that. I do know Star Wagons, though. Star Wagons are the the portable dressing rooms. We see them all over Los Angeles whenever there's film shoots, um, you know, local film shoots. Um, Star Wagons was actually a company developed by actor Lyle Wagner. Huh. And he makes his money now. You know, from his company renting out trailers. <laughs> How fun. Glamorous luxury trailers. So what a genius. What a genius. But you pass well, I mean, these all... Anybody that worked with... Um, never mind. I was going to make a horrible Wonder Woman reference. Ah, oh, Lord. <laughs> so... Linda Carter, that's her name. Anybody that worked with Linda Carter, I mean, you can't be all bad. So say you want to go to, so I'm going to bypass Tom for a second. Yes, you so moved say, right along with that one. <laughs> <laughs> say you want to go, no, I just can't, that Wonder Woman costume just cut up the wrong parts of your butt. I mean, that was just an awful little thing. How do you know that, Nancy? No, have, you ever, have you ever seen a picture of Linda Carter wearing that thing? It doesn't I never dissected how she... She was too busy spinning around in action and stuff. I didn't. It just didn't look comfortable. It looked like you know she was kind of had plastic the way the thing never moved to ch- or they lost shape. Com- they were real, they co- and they look comfortable. Not her, the costume being plastic. All right. Anyway, was sorry. Li- I'm sorry, but wasn't Lionel Wagner on the Carol Burnett show? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he was an entrepreneur. Okay. Yes, he's but very his, much of an entrepreneur. But his finer work is from the. I didn't know he was on that show. She was yeah. looking at her butt. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people looked at Linda Carter's butt back in the day, and she still is an awfully attractive woman. So let's go back to Paramount. <laughs> One of the things people also ask when they say, okay, I'd like to take a movie studio tour, keep in mind that one of the big factors on movie studio tours for working studios is age. If you have a young family um, with kids under either 8 years old or 12 years old, you may have to wait a few years before you can actually do a studio tour. That's because on on real studio tours, as you pass um, potential scenes, you need to have certain behaviors, and you need to be able to be as quiet as possible while still being interested. You can't like you can't like shake the person next to you and go. Yeah, my son doesn't do the quiet game very well, so I'd be screwed. Yeah, so the same rule applies actually when you're in a studio audience, which is a whole nother topic that we can get to later as well. Um, now, has anybody? else done studio tours here? I've done NBC studio yeah, tours, NBC but it's been a, a long, while. Long, long time ago. 
And NBC doesn't really offer one anymore either. And with the whole mergers with Universal, that's pretty much down the toilet. But the good news is is Warner Brothers comes in with the earliest age. If you have an 8-year-old that you feel would be ready for this kind of experience, Warner Brothers is your place. Sony and Paramount both go with age 12 and up. So that's a couple things to consider. Now, this year Paramount celebrated its 100th anniversary as a movie studio. They've had a lot of internal you know, celebration with that. They're very proud of their history. And they have a lot of unique features to their, to their studio. One of the things I liked about Paramount, just walking around, was the glamour in the buildings and the sense of history you got from being there. Uh-huh. Now, Paramount, um, can anybody name movies that Paramount's been famous for? Beverly Hills Cop. Top Gun. They actually oh, did a lot. Good. They actually did a lot of the adventure films. Star um, Trek. Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? They did. Let me grab. Let me grab the document I had that had some of the best ones uh, mentioned. Well, they started out with blockbusters fairly early on. Um, they, um, they did uh, the Count of Monte Cristo originally. They did. Um, Wings was their big sound, uh, was their big silent movie that won them an Academy. Academy. Was that the first Academy Award, right? Uh, yes. It was the Nancy, Academy Damn, Award. I'm good. Whoa. 27. Was it the, is it the oldest studio? Paramount? It's 100 years. It was, I, I seem to remember hearing that. It, it just, it's just celebrated 100 years. It, Opened in 1912, um, Adolf Zucker, who was a New York Nickelodeon owner, got some rights to distribute a film called Queen Elizabeth. And it was the first full-length drama shown in the United States. And so he took his distribution company named Paramount Pictures, and eventually they merged with a company called Lasky Company, and they produced films in Hollywood. And so they developed the Paramount Pictures logo that we're so familiar with, with the the mountain and the star and the twenty stars or something like that, twenty two stars that go over the top of it, which it was supposed to be for how many of the actual big name stars that were in its in the, they call them stables. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that stars and horses had a little bit oh, of a. It's true. That's what they. It is. They yeah. You know, Ten Commandments was Paramount. Yep. Ten Commandments. Holiday Inn. Yeah. The all the Bing Crosby musicals. And one of the companies that they actually merged with to develop their television programming was Lucille Ball. They actually merged and bought Desilu Pictures and what? our Desilu Television Production, and yeah. yeah, and so it's really interesting because you can see all this history as you walk through the buildings. Um, I sent you guys all a PDF, a link to a PDF, which has the names, you know, the the layout of the buildings there. And you can see that each of the office buildings and the bungalow buildings all are named after some of their, mo- their most famous stars. There's the DeMille building for Cecil B. DeMille. Rudolph huh. Valentino was one of their big stars. There's the Valentino building, the Dietrich building, the Bow building for Clara Bow, the It Girl. There's the Gene Roddenberry building, oh. the Gary Cooper building, the Hope Ball um let, let's see, Lasky, Wilder, and Swanson buildings. You know, just all of this great stuff. Some of their, their big directors, their buildings named for. And it's just a very interesting layout, a very interesting feel. The bungalows are just gorgeous. And when I do the blog, you guys will see 
what I mean. It's very lush. It's very green. And what's funny is when you come in from the street side, we entered off of the Gower side when we came in for our event, but the main entrance to the studio is actually on Melrose. Oh. And there's two entrances on Melrose. The big one that you're so used to seeing from, like, um, the Muppet movie. You've seen the, the Gates of Paramount there. Right. That one is actually called the Bronson Gate. And there's a famous movie star who actually got his last name from that gate <laughs> when he was waiting as nice. an extra for an nice. audition. And so that's Charles Bronson's stage name came from that. Wow. But when we came from Gower, the Gower side is really industrial. You know, big walls and solid buildings and stuff like that. And yet when we walked up the little the little stairs and you could really see that yes, these were the original 1927 stairs to go in and we are in the, this beautiful grassy courtyard with all these little bungalow buildings from that era. It just almost transplants you into a different point in time. And then as you move in through the sound stages, we took a really long walk down what they call Avenue A and turned on 3rd Street by the Jack, by the Gary Cooper building. And we were amazed at the change in feeling. All of a sudden now you, you definitely you see all the wagons. That um, that set of, of sound stages, like around 20 and 21, is actually used for a, a show called The New Normal. So we passed all those trailers and headed in past um, past the dining room and cafe, which actually was the original Archeo commissary. Now, can anybody give me the Archeo connection to Disney? RKO. RKO was actually the original distributor for the Oswald films. And they're the ones who RKO Pictures took Oswald away from Walt. Okay. Wow. And so there's a connection between Paramount and Disney right there. Now, one of the cool things about going through Paramount is they actually have one of the largest New York Street complexes. And when you tour the studios, for people who are real movie buffs, I would recommend touring more than one because you'll really start to see and understand what movie studios are like and how, I don't want to use the word incestuous, but... It's a good descriptor. Movie studios are intertwined like ivy on the side of a house. That may be an even better description. Just because a television show or a movie is being made on one lot or is owned by a certain company, it's being made on an entirely other yeah, lot. They rent out the space, basically. Yep. If they're not using and it, they'll rent it out to anybody. You can't expect... You know, the thing with... A movie company or a movie studio is it's a business and you can't be an expert at every facet of movie making. In other words, Warner Brothers has a much stronger prop and costume department. They have thousands and thousands of pieces and if a movie's looking for a certain prop of a certain type, say over at Paramount or at Sony, and they need like a certain type of lamp to make the setting correct, they'll probably call Warner to see if they have one in stock. So they kind of shop at each, you know, like the interior, it's kind of like interior designers going through an antique district. You know, they'll, they'll walk the showrooms, basically, and, you know, and rent whatever props they need. Now, one of the things people come to Paramount for is their blue sky tank. But other people go to, the blue sky tank is a big outdoor tank, kind of like the one at Universal Studios Hollywood, mm. where they did Jim Carrey when he was God in whatever movie that was called, because I'm really sucky with movie names. But if they want to do Bruce like... Bruce Almighty? No. Yeah, Bruce Almighty. They had him walking on water at one point, I believe, 
or they had him like on a platform, like, and a big there was a big wall behind him. Yeah. I don't uh, know. Anyway, that tank you can. I got, I got the name. I mean, come on, you gotta just yeah. come up with something else too. I re- see. For me, the visual of the scene is there. But say you want to do a a storm or a ship sinking in the middle of the night. You'll want to go to Warner Brothers because they have the largest soundstage with the largest indoor tank. So it's a trade-off with the company, with all these very various companies, and it's really fun to go between places and see what's there. And as you walk around the studios and, and you tour these studios, it's fun to also look at all of their office buildings because. Every office building is going to look a bit different. And this is something that I've never really seen on the Disney lot. Disney builds more towards their particular taste and styling. Remember, Disney started off as an animation studio, not necessarily live action. So their buildings were more consistent and the norm to the style they wanted them to be. But when you get into a working movie studio... Every building has to double for something else. It has to be a dual purpose. Mm -hmm. So it might be an office building, but it might also represent um, a Chicago skyscraper or a, you know, a hospital. Okay, so they... They They built the exteriors to do something. neat, okay. Dual purpose. Gotcha. Uh, One... One of the photos I've got is a typical office building like that. It looks like something that I would have seen back home in downtown St. Louis, where the kind of style, it's a triangular kind of building, all glass on the outside, so it would be like a modern office. And um, maybe it has an overhang with, like, one pedestal at the point of the triangle. So it's a big open space underneath, steps going up. Everybody's seen a building like that somewhere architecturally. So there's such a mix of styles that it's very, very interesting. And a lot of these studios, unfortunately, like at Warner Brothers, as time goes on and they have to repurpose areas, they'll grow up in a different direction. Like when Ian was working for Warner Brothers, we would often walk around the back lot on his lunch break, or he would take me from the smaller lot to the bigger lot, and we would walk around there after having lunch at the commissary. And I remember when Warner had that amazing Western Street and all the pictures they shot there. And you would walk through it, and you'd get dust all over your boots, and it had the little raised walkways and everything. And they plowed that under as well as the residential street, on that particular lot to make way for more office buildings. And so these office buildings came up of different designs. That was a sad day. It was really odd to see that go. And then over at the ranch, they still have the Walton House, but it used to be surrounded by the area they used to film, like, Tarzan jungle scenes. They'd have, or, you know, Vietnam era, you know, crawling through the grass mm-hmm. to, a, to a lake or whatever. So it's really interesting to see all those different angles. And visiting the different studios gives you, obviously, a taste of that. Now, what's fun is um, one of the things I did while we were getting ready for the show is I actually popped up. You can go on. When you're picking a studio to tour, if you want to choose one over the other, look at what they offer you. Um And what you can see. You can actually pull up most of the studios and see nowadays um, either a 360 or, you know, lots of photos of the different sections of lot. Because that's how movie studios sell themselves to people who are looking to rent studio space or back lot space, whatever. So you can kind of look through the, their websites to find that kind of stuff out. And you can also see the um, the maps and such. But you also want to decide, like, what kind of tour is best for you. Now, most of the studios offer, like, a two to two and a half hour walking tour. That's the basic. And then a couple of the studios will offer more of a deluxe or VIP tour. 
Now you have to be careful with this and look at the price instead of looking at the name because that's where it gets kind of odd. One studio may call it a VIP and the other studio may call their basic tour a VIP. So look at, look at your cost. And I looked at, um, one of, after taking the Warner Brother ones, I decided to go ahead and look at some of the other studios' costings first. You know, kind of to see if I really wanted to sit down and spend that kind of money to go tour officially. And I noticed that the basic tours seem to max out around $50. Wow. For um, the two to two and a half hour experience. Let me pull this one up. Um, at Paramount, they're bi- and keep in mind too, with a lower cost experience, often you're going to need to pay for parking. So count that into your cost as well. So at Paramount, their two hour tour, it has, um, it's, these are also Monday through Friday for the most part, and sometimes some of the studios in the summertime will add an evening tour or a Saturday tour. Uh, so, you might want to call or double check on their, their internet website before you plan. So, the tour times, at least at Paramount, are an every half hour kind of thing from 9 to 2.30. It gets a little, the schedule kind of changes around lunchtime, at least it is right now. And they do require you to buy the tickets in advance. So that's one thing Paramount does. So for the two-hour tour, how much is it? It is 48 Ouch. Yep. Okay. And then it's $10 for parking. Wow. Would, would you recommend it? You know, I think I kind of would based on parent on P- Paramount's history. Yeah. Certainly, if you've enjoyed a lot of Paramount movies, which include also things like um, Forrest Gump and uh, Indiana, you know, Star Trek, Mission Impossible's, um, all of the newer ones, you know, they do a lot of. Surprisingly enough, they do a lot of um, animated movies out of Paramount too now. Like Kung Fu Panda came from Paramount. The Madagascar movies came through Paramount, which are interesting because some of those properties are not owned by Paramount. I don't know. I think I think the historical significance to the movie industry here in in uh, Southern California. I, I would think, based on that, that this would be a good tour. To well, and one of the things that I've heard people say was this is this is definitely the better tour. I don't know for sure because I haven't done it yet, but it seems like it would be a very interesting tour to me because of the history. So what are the other options that Paramount has? The other option is, let me scroll back down, it is a four and a half hour tour, which actually comes with lunch and free parking. And it's interesting, too, because you actually get to drive on the studio lot and park in a, a studio guest parking mm. parking um, parking lot, which we actually walked past on our way to the, the food and wine event we went to, which was held on their New York streets. Um, the VIP tour gets you a couple more things. Well, how much, or, back up, how much is the, the four-hour tour? We already t- uh, the four-hour tour is the VIP tour. Okay. And so I'm not done yet. Okay, sorry. It it leaves only at one time in a day. It's in the morning at 9:30, except for holidays. It gives you the four and a half hour tour with lunch at the commissary, VIP access to the archives and production facilities, very similar to the kind of thing we talk about on the um, backstage magic tour. Um, that Adventures by Disney hosts, 15% off of Studio Store merchandise and DVDs sold by the studio, free visitor parking, complimentary souvenir photo, all this for, who wants to take a guess? 150 bucks. That's you what bet. I always said. <laughs> you bet, $150 per person. Okay, that's 
And that's not too bad. Keep in mind when you buy things at studio stores, sometimes the movies aren't as cheap as we think they might be. So that's just a little from experience. Now, when you compare that to Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers' basic tour is 2 hours and 15 minutes long for $49 a person. Same difference, okay. Same difference, a little bit longer tour. They, they hold those Monday through Friday, 8.15 to 4. Now, in the summer, they will add a Saturday tour here and there, so you can call and ask about that. Um, they have their own website. And we'll put, by the way, we'll put um, the links to all the websites for the tours in the show notes. Thank you, Tom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Now, Warner Brothers actually calls their basic tour the VIP tour. And they go, I actually like this tour. I've done it a number of times. What kind of things do you see? Well, you, depending on what time of year it is, depends where they take you. It, that's another big thing mm. I want to take a side note is look well, at the time of year you're coming down. Most television show tapings are in hiatus during the summer and they start back up again mm, second week of August or so. So if you're coming in June, you know, think about when you're, you're seeing your season finale to your favorite show. That season finale was actually taped about a month and a half before you see it. And those shows are completely on hiatus at that time. Um, Everybody is on vacation for however long. The only things that aren't on vacation are your typical game shows and talk shows, like Ellen and Jay Leno, Conan O'Brien, those kind of things. So... If you want to do a talk show, look at the talk show's website. Um, but keep in mind you're not going to, you know, be glaring at celebrities here and there. It's less likely you'll run into a production team unless they're doing a movie. And a lot of times the movies are inside the soundstage. There's not a lot of activity going outside. I remember when the very first time I toured Warner Brothers was actually during a period of time where they were filming ER. Um, that was obviously a very popular Warner Brothers show, and you know we passed people playing uh, we passed people playing um, basketball outside. That was a big mm-hmm. thing that George Clooney and Noel Wiley liked to do was play basketball, you know, between taping. So you know that kind of stuff. You're not going to see it as much during the summer and during the holidays. Like, they'll break around November or so for the Christmas holidays. Uh, does Warner have an upgraded tour also? Yes, they do. And, in fact, we didn't even talk about the good stuff you get to see. Okay. One, of the, one of the best things about Warner Brothers and their tour is they have their own, instead of just an archive where they show you a piece or two, you actually go to see their history museum that they have set up on the property. And it's an amazing museum. They have a lot of stuff from the old days. They have correspondence letters. I love the one where Betty Davis is chewing out Joe Warner. Um, wow. That was, yeah, I mean, just, they have just little bits here and there. You know, they have the usual costumes. They also have a full, had, used to have a pretty large section upstairs dedicated to Harry Potter. You know, the um, when um, Hermione is, like, frozen by the basilisk, they had that particular piece out there, and that was just creepy real. Neat. Creepy real. And also the sorting hat was, was up there as well. So just lots of amazing little pieces. And I know with the opening of the big Warner Brothers thing in the U.K., the studio museum people in Burbank actually work with the people in the U.K. for their big Harry Potter exhibit thing. So they're all in charge of all that. So they they serve kind of like Dave Smith, the archivist, only a little more, a little more, 
how do I want to say it, publicly active, because they see actual guests coming in every single day. They're not just um, curators. They're actually docents and, and all that in the whole nine yards. I know that it's almost impossible to view an actual taping or filming, but for have you ever seen the inside of yes. an active soundstage? Yes, I have. and that's one of the things they do at Warner Brothers that I know for a fact. See, I've they will- never gotten to do that, and I've always wanted to. Oh, my you God. Have they- to a live show? Wait. Um, long, long ago, but it was in a TV set, which is a little different than a movie soundstage. I've gotten I went down to CBS, for example, and I've seen mm-hmm. that. In fact, that's a good question. How do TV studio tours compare with movie studio tours? Well, you know, what's interesting is a lot of the TV studios open for taping, you know, live audience participation tapings and, um, you know, game show tapings, but they don't actually tour those they don't they don't give paid tours for those particular types of studios but one of the things i know that they do do at warner is they do take you into the um television studio sound stages so you can get a feel for how different a television show set looks and a television show set pretty much looks like a rat maze yeah it, it <laughs> Most of you are familiar with, you know, putting a rat in a maze and watching him go around the little walls. Well, that is exactly how a soundstage for a television show is built. All of the walls, you know, you have to mimic an interior of a house and then on a wall of the house that doesn't have any windows, the backside of that might actually be an exterior or... Right. Somebody else's uh, house yeah, somebody else's house or, or this or that. So it's very unique in how all of these rooms interchange with each other. And you, when you're you a go live out, You audience, go out the kitchen and come out in the doctor's office. Yeah, exactly. And so when you're watching as a live audience, a lot of times if they're filming a scene that takes place in one of those back sets, you actually have to watch... Um, you actually have to watch up on the screen... Uh, they have a set of, of TVs mounted. And if you've ever seen, like, the goodbyes on an episode of your favorite TV show where it's maybe their last episode and they all get together and sob at the end mm, yeah. after the after they do their last take, um, you can kind of see that where the audience is sitting kind of up on a riser and there's TV monitors above and camera ones, two, one, two, and three are placed on the on the floor in front of you. So... Interestingly enough, though, if a show is on hiatus, they will always take you into a soundstage. And I've been on the Gilmore Girls soundstage. I've also seen them tape outdoors live. Now, one of the thing, cool things about Warner is they will always take you in their little golf carts, and there's like 12 people to a, eight, no, eight people to a golf cart. And, they'll take you through the residential street. In fact, Warner Brothers pretty much had the market completely wrapped for residential street um, filming. It was the the biggest um, source of residential streets and still has. And you can just name movie after movie where this is the house here and that's the house there. Um, so that's one of the big things. Now, Paramount is known for its New York set, which is actually the largest New York set that existed. Now, they're running kind of neck and neck about their sound stages and their sound stage capabilities. And Sony is pretty much up there, too. Um, Warner Brothers boasts the largest... Um, They've got a 110-acre lot, 29 sound stages, including the tallest, um, one of the tallest ones in the world, and that one has an in-ground tank actually built into the bottom of it with a 2 million gallon capacity. So that's a lot of water. <laughs> um, then 
with um, Paramount, they say, okay, that's all well and good, but we have, like, what is it, 67,000 square feet for their New York street, and the whole area is rigged for weather effects. We're all pretty familiar with Universal, and, you know, you see the Backlot Tour. You, you know yeah. where all of that area, from the top of the hill, you can look down, and you can get mm-hmm. a really good idea of exactly how big that is, and we know mm-hmm. Universal's big. And if you're good, off in the distance, you can even see Warner, and you can kind of get an idea of how big that is. From the gates at Paramount, Paramount doesn't appear to be that big. How big is Paramount compared Paramount to what we know? Paramount is pretty huge. Let me go back to that map and see if the stat is actually on that map. There, there must be an awful lot behind those gates. Oh, my gosh. Paramount is just absolutely huge. I was very, very surprised. Well, it goes between Melrose and... Oh gosh, what's the biggest, the big main street on the back end of Melrose? Um, I think so. It, it's huge. I, and, I, and for how many blocks sideways? And must be, me, must be tons. Well, Dave, what's interesting is there's not a lot, there's not a cross block for it. I want to say it's about four to five blocks, maybe more than that. I'm scrolling through to see if I've got the stats. I know that they have such things as the longest um, downtown alley set outdoor. You know, they've got like a 200-foot-long shooting filming alley where they can do no all kinds of stuff. No idea Paramount was that big. Oh, yeah. And, and, in fact, what's interesting is, like, fires aren't... Um, just unique to, you know, we all heard about the big fire at Warner Brothers a couple of years back where they had to completely rebuild mm-hmm. King Kong and a few other yep. things. The, um, in 1983, Paramount actually lost its entire New York Street um, to fire. Oh, wow. And it was rebuilt by 1992. So, let's see. They, for instance, Paramount, they're... If you look at the map, the PDF map I sent you guys, um, and I can put a link to that PDF map, too, on um, the show notes. That's very easily found on the Paramount website. What's interesting is their blue sky tank is just a really small part, really small part, to, to the center Compared to their New York Street and every and everything else, that tank has. Let me get back to it. A backdrop, a sky backdrop that's 175 feet wide and 75 feet tall, and it can be custom customized to represent any situation that they want in filming. And that's an, a million gallon tank that takes wow. an entire day to fill. That's an IMAX screen. That's bigger than an IMAX screen. It's huge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, on the map, you see the little thing that says their blue sky tank, and it's very small. And then you get into the that huge New York Street area, and that rep- that actually has replicas of 46 New York buildings. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, Hollywood magic, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the, these studios are more than just that. They all have their own fire departments. Yep. They have their own banks, salons. Paramount says they have a, their own hair salon, their own bank, dry cleaner, and their own hospital in it. Goodness. Wow. Now, I know that, you know, we talk about, like Disney World and such. Disney World has is basically its own city. It has its own fire department. It has its own governing things, stuff like that. These really are, you know, when you consider that once upon a time, these studios used to be kind of in the middle of nowhere before the city grew up around them. You know, they had to have all those things. Mm-hmm. Filming is a long day, especially when you're doing 
movie filming and things aren't just quite right. You know, and something weird happens, you know, or uh, something doesn't turn on correctly. You know, your explosion doesn't go, whatever. So one of the cool things they do is on these tours, too, is they take you through um, set building areas. Sometimes they'll take the, take you into their wardrobe. That's something on the bigger tours, the more expensive tours. They're worth paying a little more for because you get to see more of those specialty areas. Now, getting back to Warner, um, their bigger tour is actually quite a bit more expensive than Paramount's. Wow. Um, theirs is a five-hour tour. They go much more in-depth, and you get lunch in the, the commissary's fine dining room. Ooh. That departs Monday through Friday at 10.15 in the morning, and that's 250 a person. Ouch. Wow. But you get to spend a lot more time in a lot of these really heavy specialty areas. From what I heard way back when, Warner was the studio to tour if you are a serious film person. If you really, really want to see what's going on from the filmmaker's point of view, that was the place to go. It certainly is, but it certainly is hopping. I've never been there when something wasn't happening. Even when I was just walking around on my husband's lunch hour, there's always something that goes on at Warner. Now, Paramount, I've only been there on a weekend, so everything's pretty much dead at a movie a movie studio on the weekend unless it's a movie production. Television does not film on weekends, so television actors have it much better in that respect. Um, so you, said you know, the, you said the other option was Sony. Sony, yes, Sony is the other option, and you know what? It's the cheapest option. Where are they? Sony is down in Culver City. They're between Washington and they're actually um, right at the point where Culver Boulevard and Washington meet. Isn't that the old and, MGM Studios, Nancy? And Sony bought them out because yeah, one of my. My coworkers at Northrop um, used to work for MGM Studios, and when they were bought out by Sony, she came over to Northrop. Yes, as a matter okay. of fact, Sony Sony's a very interesting lot. It's a triangular lot, and one of the things I find interesting is it has a it has a big plaza in front. And then you've got the entrance gate, and then everything kind of fans out. So their biggest parking structures and office buildings are in the back. And a lot of their support facilities are on one side. Their sound stages are fairly interesting. They have... um, Two sound stages. Let's see, where, where was it? Oh, I lost the sound stage page. No! I, what's really fun is if you poke around on these websites, you actually can find the rental, st- the statistics, the maps of all the sound stages um, from a CAD version as well as a PDF version. So you can kind of see what you're dealing with. If they're multi, if they can be converted to multi-levels, which is interesting. And sometimes they'll take you into those sound stages if something cool is, you know, set up or going on on these tours. Um, glasses, where are my glasses? While you look it up, I'm looking at the distance from the Disneyland Park to the um, Paramount Studio. Um, it's a uh, little over 30 miles. Okay. And it's 40, less than 45 minutes on a normal. Now, remember, you're driving through uh, downtown L.A. to get there, so... Yeah, you add on a little bit. You know, depends on the time. There's traffic. So that, that's the closest one, right? Paramount. That's that's the closest. Paramount, yes, will be the closest. Well, yes and no. Um, Paramount, you can get to off the 101 and come come down. If you come the 101 to crap, 
Um, oh, that's messy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if you get off before you get to to the Hollywood Bowl, I think if you get off at Sunset or Sunset. Melrose. Yeah, well, get off at Melrose and just come straight down Melrose. And that's not too horrible as far well, as that goes. Well, for directions. Just wanted to know which was the closest. Well, I know. Well, it's kind of, you know, you've got to kind of look at it half and half. Do you feel that keeping going down the five as opposed to cutting into the city? Gotcha. I say they take you about the same amount of time. Okay. Because, um, because Warner Brothers is just over the hill into Burbank. Um, yeah, this, this one just says take the five to the 101. And it's, yeah. it's almost a straight, it's a straight line. Yeah. Getting there. And looking at the alternates, um, you know, like going to the 91, which is the, is, which is the high freeway that they would take towards, uh, to get to LAX airport, you know? Yep. One of them at least. If you take the 91 to the 110 to the, mm-hmm. it's, it's gonna take longer. A little bit. You're talking 10 mile difference. So, you know, if you look at the different, uh, variables, but if somebody's gonna leave in the morning, yeah. you know, do you just, you just add that. Just just know that you're going to be hitting a little bit of traffic to get over there. But still, yep. it's it's an easy it's an easy uh, drive. Yep. And uh, the tours there leave it. There's four tours a day: nine thirty, ten thirty, one thirty, and two thirty. We're talk- back to talking about Sony, right? Sony, yeah. Okay. If you're over at Sony, they have four tours a day, Monday through Friday. Theirs is only thirty five per person. Okay. Wow. And right, because it's not as a, as big a studio, right? Right. The studio isn't as huge, um, although it does have about as many sound stages. The backlot area isn't as big. But What kind of things do they do at Sony, though? Well, oh. Sony right now is the most famous for Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. Right, yeah. They also did Legally Blonde at that studio. Um, they did uh, Men in Black. Ah, okay. Okay. They... And- that oh, one's another, of that's, that also, that's also a 45 minute drive, uh, from Disneyland to yeah. Culver City. The Wizard of Oz was done there too, and Spider-Man. For you, Wayne, Culver City, if you take the 405, um, just past the 10 freeway. Uh huh. Before you get to LAX airport, it's around that area. It's I kind was of, gonna it's, say, near the airport, right? Yeah, it's a, it's kind of, yeah, it's, for you, coming since you're driving south, it's near the airport. It's kind of, um, it's near UCLA, not too okay. far from UCLA, and um, from the Mormon Venice, Venice Beach. Oh, there yep. you go. Okay. Really, you identified with Venice Beach? Yep, actually, it's Sorry. on the way for Venice. <laughs> yeah, Marymount. Yep. So I was trying to get something that was he was easier for. I would say in Westchester, but that wouldn't help. Has anybody seen the Saturday Night Live skit, The Californians? Because we sound oh, like that. Gosh. They're all, really? Well, they're, they talk really slow, and they talk about, hey, man, get off the... It's, it's Part of the joke is they always refer to things as freeways, and so we sound like them because we keep talking about directions and well, everything. The- <laughs> okay, so so Sony, do they have a VIP tour? Uh, they do not, but you know what? Like on this this some particular summer, I realize it's over. They actually did a Twilight tour on Thursday evenings, and the Twilight tour met at like it went for two hours. It, it met at six thirty p.m. Free parking at Sony. Just just That's thought I'd good. throw that in there. Free parking. It's seven dollars to park at Warner, ten to park at Paramount. So one of the things they say you're always gonna um, you're gonna head into like scoring and foley stages for people who don't know what that is. Scoring is obviously the musical accompaniment. Foley is the sound effects. Um, they've got the you know you're gonna hit the sets of Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. You're gonna see a lot of props, the neuralizer from Men in Black, a model of Godzilla's baby. <laughs> All that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, I'm so there. They, you know, what's interesting is they actually did Ghostbusters. Okay, so uh, it's, it's Columbia. So, Columbia Pictures. Yeah, it used to be Columbia Pictures. Yeah. So there you go. So anyway, any um, they say any dress, comfortable foot weather, or 
footwear. Now, one of the things you want to make sure you do, no matter which one of these tours you take, you always want to be there about 20 minutes to a half an hour early. Now, Warner actually makes that easy for you because they have a, you know, they have coffee right there and all kinds of other things right there for you so you don't have to worry about it, especially if you take the morning tours. Um, Sony, not quite so much, you know, but there's a lot of stuff around there. You can grab something on your way. Paramount, they have the commissary right there. Um, where you're meeting, so that's easy to do it. The reason they do this is because once that car- golf cart leaves, you're gone. You know that tour is gone, so you're going to miss your tour. Most of them are re- held rain or shine, no matter what, and they're non-refundable and non-transferable. So that's kind of important. Always let them know if you need any assistance for wheelchair or disability. Um, always call, so that's a good thing to note. One of them, one of them said you actually must have the names of all people who were going to be in your party um, when you order your tickets. So, so that's something good to know. I think that is actually paramount. That's probably security. Yeah. Well, yes and no, um, because the, they're listing it as non-transferable. Oh, okay. The tickets are non-transferable. So with Warner, theirs is limited to 12 people, a golf cart. Now, adults must have, um, anybody over 18 must have a valid government issue ID, driver's license, or passport. And that's just for security entrance to the lot, like Tom said. Now I remember what I was saying. One of the big things with all of these is a lot of them, will not allow you to bring a camera or any oh, kind of yeah. um, video on the lot. So you just need to check in your cell phone if you have a camera cell phone. You know, they, they always say, oh, leave it in the car. If you're in one of their secure parking lots, I would say go for it, leave it in the car. But if not, they'll check it for you. And some bags will be checked. Like, before Warner said um, one of the things that w- on the Warner tour is they will take your camera, and if you get into a um, if you get into a particularly sensitive area and there's actually taping going on, they will actually have every they'll stop the golf cart, have everybody put their belongings in the secure lock boxes that are under the seat cushions, so that you have absolutely no way to access that. They're really strict too. They will take them away from you if you. Yep. They, and they will kick your butt out. Yep. So imagine two hundred and fifty dollars out of your pocket at Warner Brothers for every person, and your whole party goes. And, and that pretty much goes for any of those or any of the any show that you're going to go to. They do yep. not allow cameras. Yep. We'll talk about on another show. We'll talk about attending a TV taping. I actually kind of feel in the mood to go for one, so maybe we'll have to when the season comes up. For a Price is Right bus or something. You know, and there's a whole other set of websites that talk to you about tickets and how to become a game show contestant. But that's another free option and another free way to see the television process in business is is to attend a taping. There's also, um, if you want to come out here and be on vacation, there's even a website where you can get yourself to be a movie extra. That would be fun. I would oh like my to gosh. For half the day, that would be really, really tiring. Okay, there's one that's going to be taping. I actually looked on the site. There's one that's going to be taping um, Friday, the day after the show comes up. And it's going to be taping really close to where I work in Hollywood. And it stars Tom Hanks and Emma Thompson. Oh, interesting. And for those of you who aren't in the know, Tom Hanks will be playing Walt Disney for the first time on film. And so, yes, they're actually looking for extras. Nice. For that movie. they're They're filming on the studios, right? Well, no, this is an on-location shot. Oh, wow. okay. This is an on-location shoot, and it's the scene where um, he meets with P.L. Travers 
the author of Mary Poppins, to have their discussion about him getting Mary Poppins for use in film. So I just looked at that and I went, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this. But it's very interesting, too, because they're very specific on what you need to wear, how you need to have your makeup, how you need to have your hair, how you need to have your fingernails. Oh, my gosh. Your shoes, everything. What color you're wearing. It's all down in a list. So one of these days, Mary Jo, you and I should go do that. We should. We'd love we should to. Be, oh, my gosh. And I even know a, sh- a couple of shops where we could actually get, because this is all oh, vintage geez. 50s. If we did it on Friday, oh, man, it's all vintage 50s clothes and everything. Let's do it. <laughs> it's tempting. It's so tempting. It's right there. It's in our own backyard. It's, it'll be a fun adventure. I know. Who'd have thought to, to bring this to a final wrapping Disney conclusion? Who would have ever thought that maybe somebody could go on vacation and become an extra in a movie about Walt Disney? So I think with that, Tom, <laughs> maybe we should segue out of all of this all right. and, uh, and say, yes, come to L.A., consider some really fun and different things to add on to your Disneyland vacation. Excellent. Thank you, Nancy. That is going to do it for this segment of the Diz Unplugged. Be sure to catch our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you in two weeks. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.